Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hi, this is Kevin Burke of Rachel's Vineyard. Welcome to Oceans of Mercy. What a treat we have for you today, friends. I want you to meet an amazing couple. Deacon Frank and Lorraine Garibaldi, their marriage has been a very fertile and fruitful font of blessing to not only their large and growing family, but to women and men facing unplanned pregnancy, those who are hurting after making the tragic decision to abort their preborn child. And in many other ministries, uh, they've really been touching God's people with the love, mercy, and healing of Jesus and of his church. Deacon Frank and Lorraine, welcome to Oceans of Mercy. Thank, thank you, you, Kevin. Thank you, thank you, Kevin. Good to be here. I thought we could start. Uh, we we have so much to, uh, that I want to talk to you about, but I, I, one of the things that would be a joy to kind of hear about is how did you both meet and how did that lead you to oh, the Long so Island Center? <laughs> question. <laughs> um, who's going to answer? F you. Okay. Um, I had been working in a pregnancy care center uh, for a while, and I was asked to speak to a group uh, at the Knights of Columbus. They had a a group of um, a pro-life night, and they had a number of speakers. So I went and I spoke about the work of the Life Center, and a man got up and he spoke about Project Rachel, the healing ministry within the Catholic Church for men and women who've had an abortion. And I said, wow, we need to get that program in the Pregnancy Care Center uh, because so many of the women who come to us have been injured by uh, their abortion decision. And so after all the speakers were done, I went up to this man and I said, um, can I have your name and number? And because I think we need this program at the Life Center. And we spoke for a while. And then he mentioned, Frank mentioned that he always wanted to pray outside an abortion clinic, but hadn't done that. So I invited him to join me the following morning, Saturday morning, uh, around 7 a.m. when the girls are going in to the abortion clinic on Deer Park Avenue. uh, And we could pray for an hour and then go out for a cup of coffee. And that was our first date, Kevin. That's that's amazing that that the very, the the very uh, foundation of your relationship, it was, it was a prayerful presence to Mm -hmm. those women who were, and their, I guess their partners, if they were accompanying them, they were going in to have abortions. Yeah, and, and and also to their children. Um, that's that's amazing. What do you remember of that day? Frank. Were you a deacon at that point? I'm guessing not. Uh, no, not yet. I was uh, I was in the process of becoming one. It's, it was a five. I don't know what it is now, but it was a five year program to step by step to make sure that to make sure that you, the person who was going through it, the man who was going through it, wanted to become a deacon. So at any time during those five years, he could step out okay. and not get not and say, well, I don't want that because it's for whatever reason. But I was very fortunate. I was blessed. And, uh, and, and, and you know, and, and, and when we met, my first wife had just passed away. 
Okay. Eight, had, eight weeks. Kinda. Eight weeks prior to that, she had just passed. Wow. So when we met, we, we just started a new love affair, so to speak. And, and, and an affair that had, that brought the issue of the abortion. I, I, I'm Italian. I can't stop with this. <laughs> she wants to stop because she's Irish. But I'm Italian. I talk this way. So right. anyway, yeah, that's allowed in our, in the oceans yeah. of Mars. <laughs> so it's, it's just been a blessing uh, right along. And she's, she's got this gift. I always say she bleeds life center <laughs> because it's so much part of her. You know, mm -hmm. it, you can't go more than a day without speaking about the life center and what the what the issues are, et cetera, et cetera. So well, she's just been a gift to the center. It's been a gift. That, that's center. that's that's a great play, a great segue because I know you've been involved with the life center for 26 years. You were executive director for 19 years, right, Lorraine? Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm. I'm actually go back to 1986. I was a volunteer for the first six years, and then. We we were a volunteer organization for the first six years, and I was working for Chase at the time. Um, and I took an early buyout package, and um, uh, they offered me the first position uh, in 1992, and I've been there ever since. You you must have uh, I would imagine you brought a lot of gifts from your experience in the business world and then it, it is funny i thought it amazing that um the same ethics that i had working for chase i brought to the life center i was in the office every day at 9 a.m never left before five um it was just it just became a part of who i was mm -hmm. um and i fortunate that was around the time, 1992, when Frank and I got married and because he, he was able to support us on a on my salary, so to speak, um, I was able to join the organization as a, a full-time executive director. It seemed, well, like, it, it seemed like everything clicked at that time for her to do what she was doing. For me to do what I was doing as a deacon, my business started to grow. So everything just seemed to click in like God was saying, go. Everything's yeah. fine. Just keep going. Just keep, you know, and that's basically what we did. And especially her, where she was involved on a daily basis at the Life Center and uh, coming home, telling me the stories. And and then we did weekend retreats. And uh, it was just a, well, a blessing all the way around. Yes, uh why don't you tell her? Because some of some of the folks listening and viewing uh, this may not be familiar with the, with the work of, of Life Center, and and uh, could you share a little bit of what kind of services you provided? If you want to share a story from that time, feel free as well. The the Life Center is a pregnancy care center, of which there are um, almost more pregnancy care centers in this country than there are abortion sites by many today. And so any woman faced with an unplanned pregnancy um, can just Google pregnancy care center nearby and they will put her in touch with um, a, care, a pregnancy center that'll help her. And what do we do? We help her with whatever her needs are, um, whether it's a job, whether it's um, um, a, f a free pregnancy test kit, a free sonogram, um, 
if she needs housing, there is actually nothing that she could need that we have not provided. Um, and it, we had one woman, I'll get a little short story, one woman who um, ha wanted an abortion because she had no medical insurance. And I said to her, um, well, you can apply for me Medicaid. And she said, no. She said, I have a job. I've been denied Medicaid because I earned too much money, but I just bought a house. I put down every penny I had. I couldn't afford to buy a bottle of prenatal vitamins. So I said to her, if I can get you help, uh, medical, will you carry this baby to term? And she said, yes, I would. And so in those years, Cardinal O'Connor was very verbal about the fact that if any woman feels she has to have an abortion because she uh, because of financial needs or medical needs, um, just call. So I called Cardinal O'Connor and I said, I have this, I didn't get that far. I got to his assistant and I explained the story. He said, have her call. And um, she did. And they get, they took care of her medical. Beautiful. Um, and she was earning o over the eligibility guideline for Medicaid, which was at that time, 30,000. Yeah. So, wow. and the, I will tell you that Frank had his own business, but there were many times a couple would come in and she, and one couple said to us, you know, uh, I have to have an abortion because my husband just lost his job. Frank's company hired that man. Wow. So that I can say to you, um, even the girls who come in uh, to us who say, I have no job. One girl came in. And I said, well, do you have a high school diploma? Yes, I do. Okay. Our bank, my neighboring bank, is is hiring tellers. All they require is a high school diploma. I made an appointment for her. She went there and she got the job. So we're there to help a woman with whatever her needs are. And pro-lifers are just so anxious to help a woman in need. They'll, they'll do anything. Yeah, this is uh, you're, what you are sharing is a beautiful witness to the truth. And so often, our corporate media, uh, you know, because they are running cover oftentimes for pro-abortion groups, they they don't shine a light on this. They don't let people know the true nature of the pro-life witness. And I'm so glad you're sharing because, well, you know, just a couple. And I know there's hundreds of stories you could share just like that. Oh, yes. Iris. Could I tell one more? I, I, I was only one minute. Her, her That's name what she was, always says, one minute. Watch out, Kevin. Um, her name was Ruth, and she was pregnant, and she went to the clinic, and she was pregnant with triplets. And um, so the clinic said to her, go to the Life Center. They'll help you. So she came to us and we convinced her that we would help her through the pregnancy. Well, and we did, and we gave her everything she needed. We had one contributor uh, who gave $5,000 to buy diapers for the triplets for the first year. And we had one volunteer, because the girl lived in one uh, studio apartment, she had no room for $5,000 worth of diapers. One of our volunteers would go to the um, store, buy the diapers and deliver them to her 
uh, on a weekly basis. So when those babies, the three triplets were born and they were about a year and a half old, the father of the child called her and said, he had been a student in Ghana, West Africa. He said, uh, I want you to come home. I want to get married. I want my, I want to see my babies. So she went back to West Ghana where she called me up and she got married and she called me up and she said, Lorraine, we need a life center in Ghana so desperately. And so the life center of Long Island adopted a pregnancy care center in Ghana for five years. That is beautiful. Now I won't tell you any more stories. <laughs> no, 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 don't, don't believe it. Don't believe it. Another addition to that story. Her husband finally decided to come to America and to and to go to the hospital in, in uh, Chicago. He got a job in Chicago. So that's what he did. And she came a little bit later. But before she went to Chicago, she stopped at our house. And those three little children went swimming in our pool in the backyard. And <laughs> they had two more children. Yeah. So five, five, beautiful children five beautiful children from Ghana were, were swimming in our backyard. Yeah, so we stayed there. They had lunch. And then they left and went. Went to Chicago. I haven't seen them since, but it's it's great. It's just uh, I had a funny I had a funny I had a funny image of um, the children. There's three triplets from the womb, and then mm -hmm. and then to your backyard in the pool. Like what an amazing <laughs> yeah yeah what an amazing yeah. journey. That's so, <laughs> that, that is so awesome. No stories like that are just well. That's what Jesus did. He told stories, and and of course the gospels were about his his uh, amazing works. And he said, you'll do even greater works than this. And isn't that, it strikes me today. Continually do mighty works through, uh, through, through people like yourself. You know, what's amazing Deacon Frank and Lorraine is that, so you're involved in this, um, this beautiful ministry to women and, and, and families facing unplanned pregnancy. And at the same time, at some point you got involved with, uh, outreach to women and men who have made the tragic decision to have an abortion. Could you share a little bit of how you made, uh, how you got involved with Rachel's Vineyard and, and what was it, what was it like having been involved? I'm, I'm asking you so many things, but I wasn't involved being involved in both parts of that, you know, with the unplanned pregnancy and helping women and then later dealing with the regret and pain of those who made the tragic decision to abort. Um. I have to tell you, from the day I met Frank, as I said earlier, I many women come to a pregnancy care center now either with uh, needs to help her with her baby or she's pregnant coming for a free pregnancy test and sonogram, um, but many of them have had abortions. So we ask them, are you troubled by that decision? And so many are. So early on, uh, 30 years ago, I was looking for um, programs that would help this woman and a man if they came to our door. Um, and so way back then, we had Bible studies called Forgiven and Set Free, Women in Rama. We still do that if a woman wants a Bible study, we will work with her uh, silent uh, no more. Sure. Um, so, mm -hmm. it, yes. So then we were introduced to Rachel's Vineyard Retreat. And I can tell you there's, it is an incredible ministry. 
um, the Holy Spirit works through those men and women on a weekend. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's so visible and they are so healed. The, um, men and women don't hear about the mercy and forgiveness of Jesus Christ from our churches. I, I hate to say that because I love my church, but that's the reality. But when on a Rachel's Vineyard uh, weekend, we talk openly about God's mercy and forgiveness. And so um, that's so important yeah. uh, for them. To me, uh, one of the, the things about Rachel's Vineyard was the gift that I received because I was the first one to speak to someone because she was busy. She had her work at the Life Center. And she just couldn't do both because it takes time. It took a lot of courage for that woman to make a phone call. And then to receive a phone, to receive an answer from a man, that put her on edge right away. Mm. So if I was driving, I would immediately pull over and say, now I can, no, to myself, now I can talk. And we would begin speaking. And I tried to speak with the voice of Jesus, if that's possible. But just to be a loving father to say, how can we help? And this is what we could do. Come to the life, come to this retreat this weekend. This will happen. You'll see step by step, this is going to help you. Jesus is there to help you. So little by little, uh, I, I mean, to me, it was a special gift given to me at that time because her, of her job, what she was doing at the Life Center. And so to see these women or to hear these women and then to meet them, because I would, and then on Friday night, we'd be there. Hello, how are you? We spoke together. Yes, we did. But Rachel's Vineyard was, uh, they would come with fear, with such a fear on their faces. They would be uh, terrified to come even into the door, so to speak. Yeah. And the change would take place. Not too much Friday night, but beginning Saturday with the stories, little by little, as mm -hmm. Lorraine took care of, the way, she, the way she speaks, she's got this loving voice, very gentle, and she's able to talk to them. And little by little, when they, when they came on Sunday morning, it was like a different group. It was a different group. And she said, yes, you're, 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 you're better today. But if you need us for any reason, something slips, you may be slipping. You never know. Call me. Don't be afraid to call me back. Yeah. And, and to me, it was, a, uh, it was God's gift as a deacon, to be there, to be able to just to assist the men at, the, at that particular time, because some men did come. It, it's deacon, I, I, it, that's the first time I've heard, I, I never understood that you were doing intake. And it's so, uh, it's amazing to hear the natural response of women, but then as you were able to, you know, kind of share the heart of Christ with them, they were, they would then experience you as a spiritual father, which is a, it, certainly part of your ministry as deacon. I would imagine you feel like uh, in the days that as the as the, your work continued in Rachel's Vineyard and you saw the transformation of the weekend, which, of course, is the Lord's work. But at the same time, you must have, a, have had a sense that you had many spiritual daughters that you, you know, did you ever have that feeling like? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I ever thought of it that way, but yeah, I, 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 I was given this. <laughs> God gave me this gift. You know, I don't know why. You know, uh, and and I had asked many deacons if they wanted to come, but they were involved with the duties that they had at the church. And this became my duty 
so to speak, as a deacon. And I, we spent many, many years doing this retreat. I don't know how many retreats we did. Uh, I can say we did 25 retreats over a 10 or 12 year period. We saw over 500 men and women went through the healing process and we um, memorialized over a thousand aborted babies. Mm. Incredible work. I got a gift from God for both of us. Another story about this. I had this woman on the phone and I said to her, please don't, you'll, you'll see the big difference when you come, you know, don't, you know, I, and, uh, and she, when we left, when I hung up from on her and she hung up on me, I wasn't sure whether she was coming and I, I knew her name and now we're waiting Friday, Friday evening, we're waiting and we're waiting. And the only one that hasn't shown is this young lady. So I said, okay, I just went outside and took a look. And there's a young lady about 50, 60 feet away, walking back and forth. In the parking lot. In the parking lot. So I went over and called her name and she said, yes. I said, I'm Frank, come with me. And you'll be, you know, once you, once you do this retreat, and I almost like I kind of like I'm doing this right now, <laughs> almost mm -hmm. did that to her. Yeah. We walked in and she did the retreat and men, men what a are, gift. What men a gift. are such an important part of the ministry. The women will tell you there'll be maybe we'll have five or six women and maybe one man will come. And the women feel that men have who've had an, women who had an abortion feel that the man doesn't, it doesn't bother the man, but it does bother the man. Yeah. And um, having a man present to know that there are some good men in the world, they are, they do feel grief, they do grieve the loss of their child, makes a big difference to a woman who's gone through the experience. That's a really good point because as you guys well know, the, uh, many of the women have experienced, you know, some uh, some abuse, some hurt, some abandonment, rejection, yeah, yeah, perhaps yeah. starting in their own families with their with their own dads and then extending out in some of the relationships and certainly in the abortion experience. That's very common. So you raise a really important point, Lorraine, uh, that the experience of men on the retreat can really as they open up and go through the healing process, it really can be a, an additional kind of healing of the of the wounds of abortion. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Deacon Frank uh, and Lorraine as well. Um, as you saw men go through the process as well, did you note anything strike you as some of the some things that are unique to men and their abortion experience, or and they kind of get to the same place as they go through the process? But any thoughts on that? Well, I, I found that the men are just you know, <laughs> Kevin. You know who we are. We're like this. I'm right. <laughs> You know, that's that's I don't know why we are that way, but sometimes we get that way. And the men would come and they would uh, not only give their story, but then be able to listen to the others, the women giving their story. So it was a combination. I thought it was a combination of two things, them plus listening and being able and the presence of the presence of Jesus starts Friday evening and it doesn't end until they leave. And, and you can see them grow little by little until Sunday morning when they come down like different people. Yeah. You can see the work that Jesus has, has done over this weekend. We're just there to say, we pushed them gently this way or gently that way, but that's all we do. That's all we're asked to do. 
Yeah, but I, I has no grass to do. Jesus does his work. Yeah, and that's exactly what he does. Absolutely. I, I think of the um, I was re recently watching um, The Chosen. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see that. Not yet. Not that. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, series. Um, and uh, in one of the episodes of The Chosen, they have the scene where they lower the paralytic through the roof of Peter's. I think it's either Peter's home or Peter's mother-in-law. I forget. But it's a thatched roof, and the and they're opening up the roof and lowering down. And and as you have been talking, I, I, that's the image I had is that of, of Rachel's Vineyard is kind of partly what we help facilitate for the Lord is is bringing them uh, to have that encounter with Jesus on the retreat. And just for the viewers to understand who may not be familiar with uh, Rachel's Vineyard, there's something called living scripture exercises. Yeah. And in these meditations, the participants enter into the uh to the story it, it might be the woman caught in adultery um it could be um what are some of the other ones uh uh there's the resurrection of, of lazarus so and you enter into the story and you go through a meditation with beautiful music and not only on an emotional level but because it's a really an anointed program um the lord is really present as, as you guys can have already attested to and so they're encountering they're encountering Jesus in the love of the people serving them. They're encountering in living scripture. And then, of course, in, this, in the Catholic retreat, they're encountering Jesus in the Eucharist and in the sacraments of confession. I just want to say one thing. The men who come on the retreat, they have no clue how that woman has suffered as a result mm. of an abortion yeah, that's, decision. Yeah. I remember one weekend we had a, a, a new uh, psychologist and um, on Saturday morning, you know, Saturday morning he said to me, you know, my wife and I had an abortion when we were in college and my wife doesn't feel like these women. I said, really, have you discussed it with her? He said, no, but you know, I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going to ask her uh, if she ever thinks about the abortion that we had so many, 25 years ago. So Sunday morning, he comes in, he says to me, I have to tell you, I asked my wife, do you ever think about the baby? And she said, every day of my life. Wow. Wow. Every day of my life. And yeah. he had no clue how she was suffering. See, God, cre God created a man to provide and protect his family. Whether they're married or not married, it's, those children are his family. God put that desire in his heart to protect him. When he turns his back on his family, that gift that God has given him, he has to question his own humanity. Yeah. It's like a woman has to question her maternal instincts, but a man has these instincts to provide for his family as well. Sure. So it's such a contradiction mm. of both of them. Yeah, it is. It, it's a deep violation of their of who they are as men. That God has really written into our hearts, even if it's been clouded by you know maybe abuse in our lives or different kind of problems we faced or or weakness that we have, whatever. You know, whatever it is, but it's there. And I guess that's what that's what you see, uh, Deacon Frank. I think you see that in the healing process is that as they hear the story of other women and it begins to open their mind and their heart, Jesus is working on them. 
they, they, they begin to realize how, to, how this has hurt them as men, don't you think? And then, and then of course, then they're open to Jesus healing them and uh, restoring them. Yeah, the, 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 that doesn't even, when they come, they come, they don't even think about that. No. So little by little, what the retreat does is brings them closer to Jesus and makes them see that Jesus is so involved in their lives. And, and there's, a, there's I don't want to tell you what it is, but you'll know what it is, Kevin. But at the end, to see Jesus and the children, mm -hmm. you know, it's they when they see that, it's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes, we did. We did something that wasn't correct, wasn't right. But look, this is what's happening. And so Jesus is there at all times, at all times, to reaching out and say, come, come into my arms. I will help you, protect you, take care of you, no matter what, no matter where we are in life. Absolutely. We have we have a few minutes left. And in that, uh, in those few minutes, I just wanted to touch on something that was just thinking about with our discussion today is, you know, the issue of the Supreme Court possibly overturning, God willing, please, Lord, uh, the Roe v. Wade decision legalizing abortion. A lot of reaction to that is talking about, you know, how this is going to be an attack upon women of color and, and core communities where most abortions take place. And, and of course, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, we understand for many years working in this field um, how much damage abortion does, does in ways that our society really does not understand. And really what a blessing it would be to begin to uh, to begin to roll back the whole legalization of abortion. But I, I just want to give you a few minutes just to respond to this idea that abortion is is helping poor women and helping poor communities and women and color. And, you know, when we talk about communities of color. The last statistic I saw was six out of 10 African-American pregnancies in the New York area end in abortion. Six out of 10 black babies that are conceived die in the womb. And it's just an amazing statistic. But I wanted to just give you a, in our closing minutes here just to respond to that from your beautiful, beautiful life of ministry. How would you respond to people saying that we need to keep Roe? Who's the woman? Who's the woman that started uh, the abortion issue? I forgot her name. Roe. No. Norma McCarvey. Yeah. She. She. No, not Norma McCarvey. The the original beginner of uh, Rachel's Vineyard was somebody else. She actually had. This was like during World War II, beginning of World War II, and Hitler oh. was against the blacks. And so she was doing the same thing here. Are you talking about Planned Parenthood? Thank you. That's it. Yeah. She, most of her uh, abortion clinics were in the black neighborhoods <laughs> and only to get rid of the black people. They don't, they don't, they don't want to print that. They would never print that because why would they do that? It would just hurt them so deeply. And yet the black people say, well, you know, I, I, I just, to me, it's, it's, it's evil. And evil has to be uh, condemned and be and watched very carefully, because sometimes evil comes out as sweetness, and it isn't. It's very true. Evil that condemns. It's, it's just uh, yeah. It's a very yeah. good point, Deacon Frank. Yeah. It it, yeah. That was used by uh, eugenics, uh, the initial eugenics by Hitler. That's it. That's it. Was sold as a compassionate way to respond to people with disabilities and various kinds of. Uh, 
challenges they were facing that led to them euthanizing and eventually led to the, to the Holocaust. So we know that opening the door and, and assuming the providence of God over human life just opens the door to hell because that's not our providence. That's, that's the providence of the creator. Right. So we have to respect that. Uh, uh, Lorraine, I want to get, just give you an opportunity to respond in our time. Well, what I hear so often, and especially from um, Black women, is that they think it's a, um, um, a it's safe, it's legal, it's no big deal, and they buy the lie. It's a lie. It is a big deal. And they come to learn that to be the truth. On a weekend, we like to, I like to talk, say and tell them, Christ died on the cross for all of our sin, the sin of abortion included. All that he asks is that we come to him repentant and sorry, and he wipes away that sin. Kevin, they don't hear that anywhere. Nobody's telling them about God's mercy and his forgiveness. And so they hear it on a weekend and they can take that promise and go home. Beautiful. Well, it's, it's been such a joy, such a blessing. You've been such a blessing, um, not only to the pro-life community, to women and, and men and families that have been facing unplanned pregnancy. You've been a blessing to many years to the ministry of Rachel's Vineyard and uh, in healing after abortion. I didn't even mention you have seven children and 26 grandchildren. Is that right? <laughs> So, yeah. What about our great grand? And 31 great grand. <laughs> Don't forget those. And great grandchildren. So, you know, we're a pro life family. <laughs> you, are, you are a pro life, a beautiful pro life family and a beautiful pro life yes. couple. And I want to just thank you uh, and honor you today uh, for, and, uh, and I'm so grateful you were able to be on Oceans of Mercy. Thanks, Deacon. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you so much, Kevin. Thank you. It's been a gift for us. Yes. Well, dear friends, let's not let this message just stay here between us. As Lorraine mentioned, this message needs to get out in our churches. Share this. There'll be a link to this video. Share this video with uh, your the Respect Life folks in your parish. Share it with your priest. Know that uh, Deacon Frank and Lorraine, you'll see information on their life center and how to contact them. They're available to, to speak with you. I'm available to also speak in your parish. Uh, we can arrange women or men who have had abortions to come to your parish and give a, a, a post-communion talk. It'll be not a political message. It'll be a message of healing. So keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that if you know anyone who has been injured by abortion in any way or participated in any way in an abortion decision or procedure, they can go to abortionforgiveness.com and they're going to find help right there in their area. Well, God bless you, friends, and thanks again for being with us on Oceans of Mercy. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.